One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your flat bags on. Join me, hot. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days podcast, one of the Happy Days podcasts out there. A Happy Days podcast, I guess I should have called it. This is episode, uh, season two, episode 11, episode 19 overall. This episode, we are covering Fish and the Fins and Richie's flip side, which actually, much like the last one was getting a job, this one is is really sort of a flip side. This one is very... These two episodes are very um, similar-ish. We, and we, we will discuss that. But let, let me start off here. And we're going to begin with um, Fish in the Fins. Original air date, um, March 11th, 1975. Written by Phil Mishkin, who hasn't written for the show in a while. He, he co-wrote the uh, first episode with Rob Reiner. And directed by Jerry Paris. Let's dive in. Searching for a girl Bobby socks and a ponytail When I saw her standing there I had to pick her up, I couldn't fail Cause I knew I had to make her mine She's so cool, she's so fine Whoa. I was there to think of things to say Fish in the Fins. I would like to start off this one talking about the band in it. So the well, now I Dan, take a little sip of water. Calm yourself down. Some episodes you get about you 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 have a through line when you start talking about them, and sometimes you got about ten things in your head. This one is is one of the ten things in my whoa going crazy in my mind. So. Uh, this episode is Fish and the Fins, who are a big rock band, circa, I guess I'll say 58, are coming into town to play a concert at the Civic Auditorium. Richie says that he knows the piano player, whose name Rocky Rose, Rocky Rhodes, but his real name is Angelo Coletti. And uh, Mrs. C is, is um, friends with um, Angelo's mom, and... Uh, and Richie went to summer camp back when he was nine with Angelo and a Rocky and apparently saved his life, although apparently he caused the problem that Richie had to save his life. And he's, yeah, it's a little iffy throughout the waist-deep water. And, but there you go. But but Richie knows Rocky or Angelo. And uh, no one, well, well, first off, what happens is everyone is like, oh, my gosh, you can get us tickets. You can get us tickets. And they try to get into the hotel room the the fish in the fins hotel room but they can't and then mrs c ends up calling rocky and getting tickets but the tickets are nosebleeders and everyone's like you don't really your ma just bought these tickets at the last minute you don't know you don't know rocky and rose roads uh yeah and like it's it's just yeah and then but what ends up happening at the midpoint is uh rocky and fish and the fins they all come and they stay with the Cunninghams. Uh, and, uh, when they come and stay, they say we're going to be there a couple days, but then they say he let us stay with them last night. So so the, I think the Fish and the Fins are there for like a, a night. I would say a night in the day, and then they go to their concert. And they do that because they can't get any rest because all the gals are outside screaming, and they like throw a bag full of dirty pajamas out there, and the gals tear them up, including one funny old gal who's great and um who looks a lot like the um the uh hardware store employee um from the christmas episode but i don't think she is but she could be i didn't actually look forgive me i just realized that right now as i was saying it and i'm not going to go back that pause was not me going back that pause was just a goof with you so that's basically the episode and throughout it mr c has a bad back 
which is actually cured by one of the Finns, uh, Abe, the guitarist, I think the lead guitarist, um, or a, a guitar, probably the lead guitarist. And uh, yeah, so so let's. Let, I'm going to start with the um, do up do up do up do up wah sha la 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 sha la la. Those are the the assorted noises that get made. But um, uh, fish in the fins are Johnny Fish in the Fins, sorry, are played by Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids, now known as Flash Cadillac. They were one, a retro rock band like uh, Shanana or the Rubettes. Um, and there were others. I guess, is the Stray Cats? Do other Stray Cats? Like, a, I guess I guess they are. Huh? Yeah, I guess they are. Um, uh, but but they, they're best known. They were in American Graffiti. They were Herbie and the Heartbeats. And they're also in this episode. And um, they play, what is it, in, in um, America, I think in America, they do At the Hop and Louie Louie and their own uh, 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 composition, She's So Fine. In this episode, the very end, in a sort of freak out, almost kind of, like, it's tough to describe, because they perform a song at the end of the, uh, the thing. And the camera is basically a lot of a lot of the times it's sort of underneath them, kind of looking around, moving around, almost like um, I would say more like a '60s kind of freakout kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think hullabaloo. I, I I don't actually know, but but you you know what I mean. Like you see the bands, they're playing, the cameras moving around, and it's shaking around. And maybe you haven't. Maybe maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm high as a kite. No, I'm not. Not never when recording. The Happy Days podcast, a Happy Days, one of the Happy Days podcasts. So, um, yeah. So, so they do this song. They do this song that when I was watching with my wife, she, th- we thought it was dumb luck, and then we thought it was dumb love. I think it could be looking at their discography, Young Love, from their album. Well. Uh, well, it came out in their album "Rip It Up" in 1984, so it came out when "Happy Days" ended. But but that was I was looking through their discography, and they're one of those bands that like they've been around for ages, and they, but they never really had any big big hits, and, and and they've only had a few albums. And um, I looked at the um, they had an album out called like "Sons of the Beaches" or something like that around um, the time that this um, episode came out, but. I I didn't find anything called Young Love, Dumb Love, Dumb Luck, but yeah. So so Young Love possibly is on Rip It Up. I've never heard them. I would say there's a band called DMZ, I believe. I'd have to double check that. Um, that put out an album somewhere around here that kicks butt, and you need to listen to that album. I think it was um uh, Flo and Eddie uh from the Turtles. I think they um and Frank Zappa. Uh, uh I think they um produced it i think that's a dmz or dmz for my uh british listeners that's fun that's that's super fun isn't it? like i grew up like a b c d f g w x y and z but you guys do that and go w x y and z i never understood it but i love it because uh yes i did embarrass myself on at least one occasion by calling z cars z cars and someone who was british looked at me like you're an a-hole I'm kidding. No, I'm actually not kidding on that one. But so let's go back to the episode. What do... Are you asking? What do I think about this episode? I think this is a great first season episode of Happy Days. It does all the things that the first season episodes do. It's It it has that, that thing where Richie knows these guys, but he somehow can't get through to them. But then when he does get through to them, it goes wrong with the nosebleed tickets. And then, oh no, that isn't the same. Oh, that is the same lady, isn't it? The old lady from the hardware st- I think. I don't know. What is Mrs. C throwing in the garbage cans at that time? Do you remember when we just had just garbage cans rather than all the different colored garbage cans? Um, uh, so, anyway. Um, what is going on with you guys? How are you? I hope you're doing well. My gosh, we're near the end of season two. Yeah, it's very um it's it's interesting because throughout it the Fonz acts like he's in season one. Potsy <sighs> Ralph acts the way Ralph acts, and Potsy I guess kind of acts very to to me this is a very and I don't know if it's because it's Phil Michigan, it's a very season one 
episode to me. It's very much a 50s thing. It's a rock band. It's a 50s rock band. You know, they're playing at the Civic Auditorium. And they kind of say throughout that it's like, that's uh, Fish and the Fins are going to be the, the band playing. But that's not really the way they did it back then. You know, it wasn't until the late 60s that you started to get... Um, like bands playing like the full-on concerts as we know them, mid to late 60s. Because really, you, you get a lot of bands playing. And in fact, when the uh, Fish and the Fins come out, the, the announcer is like, here's the bands you've been waiting for. Fish and the Fins. So, so it's like there would have been three or four bands playing their hits before that and kind of building up uh, to a, a concert. And because, I mean, like, I mean, look at it. Like how many live albums did you get in the early 60s, I mean, you got the, there was the Beach Boys live album, which is super fun, the one where they do Monster Mash. But it's sort of like they, I don't, I don't actually know. They, I don't think they, I don't think they played for more than like a half an hour or less than that, or maybe a little more than that. But they didn't play like, you know, like a few, uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to see uh, Springsteen on his River Reunion, uh, River Reunion, River Anniversary tour. That show started a little after 8 p.m. And it ended right before midnight. And they played for like three hours and 45 minutes straight, including the entirety of the 82, 83 minute long River album. That ain't the way stuff was done back in the day. That ain't the way you did stuff, you know, back then. Um, bands would come. It's, it's a lot like um, uh, the PBS. If, you, if you've ever seen like P- when PBS... When I was growing up and public television stations would do, in America, would do their telethons, they would show their best stuff. You know, they would show the best episodes of Monty Python and have people dressed up like Gumbies, you know, in, in the uh, uh, taking the calls. They would be like, we got a new season. I mean, I remember the 26th season, one of my favorite seasons of Doctor Who from 89, which was shown around December of 90, kind of being like, there were four stories and it kind of being ground up in two week, uh, uh, two um, Saturday nights. It was like, now we're showing Battlefield and now we're showing Ghostlight. And then the next Saturday, now we're showing Curse of Fenric. Now we're showing Survival. You know, and they would show the best that they had. I don't know what they do now, but the last times I used to watch telethons, they would always show like, like doo-wop reunions where like bands would come out and they'd do their two hits and go. And that's kind of... I think how they're doing it here, like Flash, I don't think Flash has got more than like three or four hits or three or four songs, or maybe half a dozen songs to play. So you're like in this concentrated, like you're yeah, dumb love, dumb luck, dumb, dumb young love. Duh. I don't know. So, uh, so yeah, so it's it's an interesting episode because most of it is Richie knowing this famous guy and not being able to tell anyone about it and everyone thinking he's being a jerk and he's being a liar but then in the end it comes out that he's not and everyone loves him again I I would like to tangent real quick because I've seen a couple of things happen as I have the episode playing that I need to mention this episode I, I'm going to say this episode is 1958 I'm also going to say this episode is September 1958 because uh, Mrs. C and Joni are putting paper um, book covers on Joni's textbooks, which we used to do at the start of school years. Mrs. C takes off her earring to call Angelo and ask him for tickets, which I love. And boom, Chuck is mentioned. Richie is dribbling basketball in the in the in the driveway, and Mrs. C knows that he's bothered about something because he isn't actually taking any shots. I forget what it is that Joni does when she's nervous or worried or, or depressed. But this is what Richie does. Chuck sucks his thumb. Is this the last time we'll hear about Chuck? Possibly. And I feel bad that I don't think I mentioned this in the article I have on my Some Polish American Guy uh, Some Polish American Guy Reviews Things.blogspot.com site when I did my Chuck Cunningham article. I don't think I mentioned it. What do I think of this episode? Oh, thank you for asking. I've been rambling. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those episodes. It's so weird because I know I mentioned this in the last one that as we're approaching the end of the second season, 
and we got Fonzie gets married or Fonzie gets married, whatever it is, that is showing the stylistic change that's about to occur. The episode, both the episodes in this one, I think are throwbacks to first season. Is that bad? No, no, not at all. Um, do I love this episode? Um, repeated viewings. Th- I watch it three times before I'm talking about this now. And I like it more each time I watch it. But watching it, just watching it once after the other episodes in this season, it bugged me. Because his friends are so crappy to him. Everyone's so crappy to him throughout this. Mr. C is fun with his bad back and his leopard lodge and he's getting a spot and no one knows how that occurs and his response to having all these hoodlums in his house is great. Although he's, he maybe should have shut it down a, a little bit. Um, but but it's fun. Um, but uh, the, the way, yeah, his, his friends treat him and the thing is we get a new girlfriend for Richie and this one, Corinne, I think, Corinne, 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 um, who is just like, going out with him for the ticket she thinks he's going to get and he doesn't get it so she goes back with her old boyfriend and then she tries to get back with him when spoiler at the end of the episode um they basically say thank you uh, we want to dedicate the first song to Richie and I was like oh my god and the Fonz gives him the thumbs up and it's it's a great it's a lovely moment it's a vin- vindicative 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 moment but it's also one of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, look at the scene where Mr. and Mrs. C are in the hallway and they're arguing um, because he can't go in his room and he drops his Leopard Lodge hat. Look at all the all the pictures on the wall. Oh my gosh, those are awesome. That's, uh, oh, is that little Ron Howard? There's little Aaron Moran. Oh my gosh. And the guys have lots of beer. Lots and lots of beer. There you have it. So, what was I saying? I don't even remember. Who knows? I don't like Corinne. I think Gloria should come back. I don't know why we're going into this weird space here. You know, like, I'm not a huge Lori Beth fan. When we get to the Lori Beth episodes, um, we can discuss that. But I think Lori Beth has a sweetness to her. Corinne is just after what she's after. And I hate the way Potsy and Ralph treat Richie um yeah it's it's an interesting episode because in the first season this would have been primo one of the I think the best episodes at this point everyone acts so unpleasant towards Richie even the Fonz acts so unpleasant. Like he wa- when he walks by, when he's going to the back row, and he walks by Mr. and Mrs. C, and he's like razzing Richie and being just being unpleasant. It's like, really? Really, Fonz? You spent the last Christmas with these people. They let you into their home. They welcomed you. They treated you like better than Chuck. And Chuck is jeez I wonder if like I I always wonder like maybe it's something like when when Marty McFly went back into 1955 and erased stuff maybe he fixed everything but there was this one kid in Milwaukee named Chuck Cunningham who got erased due to something he did I mean it could have been because this is like two or three years later so it could have been like a, a, a not a maybe a butterfly effect kind of thing where maybe someone that Marty bumped into that he didn't bump into again left um, uh, Hill Valley or uh, wherever the heck it is they are in Back to the Future and wind up in Milwaukee and then he meets up with Chuck and then because of his sort of the latent um, Artron energy, time energy on him erases Chuck. I like that theory. I like that theory a lot. So the episode, the episode I think is is a good one for the first season. For this point in the second season, I found it ponderous. Um, not not like I liked it. It was fun to watch, but it was like for a show that felt like it was moving forward. This show 
is a step backwards. Now, I know what you're saying. Hey, Dan, it's it's meant to be nostalgic. It's meant to be this, that, and the other. Um, yes, and we are also entering the era where they will begin to delineate time. So, yeah. And uh, I just have the scene on here right now where the Fonz is berating Richie and Mr. and Mrs. C aren't really responding. Um, the fact that they're not responding makes me think... I actually... I'm Okay, I'm going to say this right now. I think this episode takes place before the Christmas episode, which I thought was 57? Maybe? So I will say this episode takes place, but Joni was younger then. I will say this episode takes place in um, the... September of 57? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, it's definitely an episode worth watching. It's fun to watch because of the band Flash Cadillac. It, it does have a bit of a feel at times that they've kind of... Because Flash Cadillac were in American Graffiti, and, and as we know um, through our first episode, you know, um, uh, Gary Marshall has said that, um, uh, you know, he did uh, Love in the Television set first, and then American Graffiti came after that, and then Happy Days. So I'd love to think that maybe this is kind of him going back to American Graffiti and bringing back this band who were in there to, to do their tunes. And so that I think to me makes it fun um oh and there oh wait a minute yeah I I just I just uh I have the episode playing as I'm going here and um and um uh Angela Rock yeah whatever I just announced that Richie um although it caused a lot of static with him and his chick he let us stay at his house last night and we want to thank him and it's great so I will end this discussion because I th I think I'm I don't I don't know that I'm rambling but I don't really know that I have much to say about this episode because it's so out of place I think it, within the run of the episodes that um um I I can't I have to like I just did I have to place it outside of the other episodes and that's fine that's fine so I think one of the fun things about this is that during the first season we had a lot of lessons. This season, we haven't had so many lessons. I mean, what lesson was Richie being taught in Guess Who's Coming to Christmas? You know, your your friend who doesn't have anyone to celebrate Christmas with should be welcomed into your home as, as a family member to celebrate and enjoy. That ain't a lesson. That's just common human decency. So, so... But this one has a great moment where um, Mr. C is like, well, you know, you learned your lesson, Rich. And, and Richie says something along the lines of, um, oh, with all this embarrassment, I, I knew there must be a lesson in here. And yeah, it's like you, you, you made a promise to a friend, you went through with it. You know, even though it caused you some pain. Dad, it caused a lot of pain. Okay, a lot of pain. I like it because it's almost a meta lesson. Uh, you know, like you learn the lesson and in the end it was okay. But... Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's funny I, because it is, isn't, it isn't a full-on meta lesson that I would hope the show would have adapted by this point. It's more of a yeah. There's a lesson, and Rich, Richie didn't learn it. I think, I think that's the thing about it is that Richie didn't learn a lesson. He was just being kind to a friend, and. And a lesson grew out of it. So I don't know that that's a lesson. I don't, you know, I guess we'll have to discuss lessons and the way lessons work. Um, but but to me, that that's a strange lesson. Um, it really is. Um, uh, so so I, I will stop here because, as frankly, I don't have anything more about uh, to say about this. And I guess Richie learned his lesson and whatever the lesson. I don't... Argh. I don't feel like he learned a lesson. I feel like he was the pain, the pain and the annoyance of it was in the end it's okay. But I don't think it's a lesson. I don't think does that make it a lesson? You, you know, if if you go through all this turmoil and then in the end you're like, "All right, it's revealed and it's like, "Hey, everyone loves me again." And 
Is that a lesson? I don't think that's a lesson. I don't know, folks. I I shouldn't have the episode playing next to me when I'm talking about it because I see things that I forgot to write down and then I immediately want to talk about them and I don't always have the answer for what I'm talking about. Maybe the lesson answer will be cleared up. It ain't cleared up in the next episode. Maybe it'll be cleared up soon. Maybe there will be a point where I can throw my pajamas out my front door and gals will grab them and run. Even gals who are very, very old. So let us, where are we? What are we doing? Oh, gosh. I did, ju- I did just notice, interesting, um, the credits started rolling on this episode and there were the green um, emulsion scratches on the uh, on the side of the screen so you know it's like the, the dvds look pretty nice i don't know why like if if they released all of the vernon shirley's why not the happy days I, that's so weird to me that they stopped the season six i love it i love the vernon shirley don't get me wrong no but um they stopped the season six and happy days so once we get past season six we, we're going into some shaky waters but um obviously these scans on the dvds are from the film and I love the fact that there are emulsion, green emulsion scratches just because, like, I watch a lot of low-budget films. Uh, Carnival of Blood, one of my all-time favorites on the DVD. Please, someone put it out on Blu-ray soon. It has emulsion scratches all over it. Green, 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 green. That That's an emulsion scratch. That, that basically means that if uh, and and forgive me if i'm preaching to the choir here but when it's running through a um projector something is somewhere on the track i mean you you, you know the project a film projector it goes through all this space if there is something on the projector that the film runs through and scratches it what might it be i don't know a bit of debris a bit of a bit of this a bit of that maybe the film is slightly off and it's going through wrong um uh, Class Reunion Massacre, uh, the Redeemer, uh, the the second to the last reel. You can see it on the Code Red Blu-ray has an emulsion scratch all the way down, like the right or left side, and that means that something was in the projector for that version that scratched it up, scratched it up, tore it up. So it's funny to see that in Happy Days because you wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see an emulsion scratch. And I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make sure I'm not being a crazy person. Um, not gonna all week with you. Oh heck, it hurts a lot. So Aaron Moran is Joni. She she got to be in the opening cards. Bill Idelson, a story consultant, which is cool. Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. All right, there they are. They just went by. All right. It was the last cast thing, and the director of photography, art director, film film editor, director of photography, Richard A. Kelly, ASC, art director, Monty Elliott, film editor, Jerry Dronsky. Thank you guys. Thank you, Dick, Monty, and Jerry. Yeah, they were the the Ocean's Eleven we never got, um, but uh, but I I don't expect to see the green emulsion scratches on like a network thing. To me, that's like the Child. If I watch the Child, I expect to see that Carnival Blood. You know, I expect to see that Herschel Gordon Lewis films. I expect to see that maybe an early John Waters, but not a not a. I I know the ratings weren't super in this season. But um, there you go. So I got to stop talking. So we're going to do Richie's flip side. <laughs> Everyone, sorry. So Richie's flip side. Uh, what is Richie's flip side up to? I don't even know. Richie's flip side originally aired March 18th, 1975. Written by Greg Strangis and Jeffrey Renau. Renau? Directed by Herb Wallerstein. So we're not, even near the end of the season, we're not full on Jerry Paris. But right now, we're full on this XCRB rules up 9.30 in Los Angeles this is 50,000 watt clear channel XCRB Radio North America Central Studios Los Angeles 10.90 on your dial Oh, Richie Flipside, here we go, everyone. 
this episode, Richie is suddenly working at uh, a local radio station. Wow. And there is a char... What the, I was going to say Charlie the Prince, Charlie the Fish, Charlie the Prince. There's a there's a DJ on there who's kind of the way a lot of the DJs were in the 50s. They were kind of middle-aged guys like, hey, and then, hey, we're going now to, you know, Dion the Belmonts. We're going to Earth Angel, Earth Angel. Yeah, let's do this. Oh, yeah. And they would go to all sorts of crazy stuff, and it would just be, just be nuts. And that's the way it did it. Although, although having said that, although having said that, um, <laughs> the craziest DJ I know of is the um, if you have ever heard the WKBW Halloween show from nineteen seventy three, um, uh, Google that WKBW Halloween show nineteen seventy three, and you will come across this incredible show that I listened to. It's about four hours long, uh, maybe longer. It's basically an all-night thing. It's so fun. But at the beginning of it, you have a DJ who was like, yeah, and now it's Cher, you know, and um, Half-Breed, yeah. And he's just yelling, and he's it's so stupid. But it's so fun. And so, like the like the 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 DJ at the beginning of this, who Joni says is her favorite person in the world, and he's just like uh, hitting cowbells and yelling and you know, I just go nuts. And that's kind of the D. I don't know if that was. I don't know why they did that. You know why? Why suddenly? Uh, why someone couldn't come out and go? Here's Elvis Presley, Hound Dog. Rather than, here's Elvis Presley, ding a ding a ding a ding, hound dog, yeah, kind of stupidness, you know. I I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was the sort of if you had a middle aged guy doing that, it would sort of lessen it. The thing about the episode is that Richie takes over from this guy. And he becomes a teenage DJ on W-O-W. And he's great at first, and he's kind of a little um, Richie the Sea. And he's a little weedy at first, but then he gets stronger and stronger, and he has all kinds of... He acts just like the other DJs acted. And then he begins to alienate his friends because he's um, uh, supermarket openings and doing this and doing that. And so when they have a, a remote from Arnold's, Everyone decides to shun him and be, yes, we're not going to acknowledge Richie, even though his family is there. And um, that's the episode. That That's the episode. And again, it is an episode that to me is very much a first season episode in a lot of respects. A lot of respects. I forgot to mention one thing in the previous episode. There is one thing that the Fonz does that I to me makes the Fonz second season post Christmas Fonz even though he acts like first season Fonz and that's when he steps up to the counter and counters are crazy in this episode when he steps up to the counter where Richie and Potsy and Ralph are are, are sitting uh, drinking their sodas um, the soda that's in front of Richie with the straw the Fon steps up to it, says, hey, how you doing? Grabs Richie's soda, takes a sip of it, and sets it down, and then asks for his tickets. And to me, that is very much like, you you don't just go randomly up to, and when we get to the next episode, um, you will know why you don't go randomly up to something and do this. You don't go randomly up to and just... You know, and but I love it that the Fonz does that because that shows the, his uh, level of um, relaxation, his le- uh, his comf- comfort level with Richie. And even though the rest of the episode doesn't quite say that, uh, the the one of the joys of this episode because I just had this playing is is because it's not Jerry Paris yet because things are set in stone. You see multiple walls in Arnold's. You see, uh, like, Richie and his family sitting on the northeast, south, I'm going to call it the west wall. And you see that wall. 
and you see them sitting at the west wall, but then you see the south wall, which is the wall that's missing most of the time, which I'm going to call the camera wall. But then you see that wall a lot of times too, and the walls are different colors and painted different ways and set up different ways. Um, I, I don't want to go overboard on that uh, in this episode, but but because Richie spends the last five or six minutes of the episode wandering around Arnold's, you see a lot of different angles, and you see all the walls accounted for, which is fun. This might be the last time we see all the walls accounted for. Um, I This might be the last episode not directed by Jerry Paris. I don't like to jump ahead. I know things that are approaching us, but I don't like to jump ahead. Forgive me. This is like Avengers Super Train. We don't like to jump ahead on there, even though we sometimes may know what's coming up. So if this is the last um, non-Jerry Paris-directed episode, Herb Wallerstein is taking full advantage of all the spaces on the set, the walls and walls and walls and walls. There are four walls. I didn't look to see if there was a ceiling, but there was probably a ceiling. And uh, just because like when the Cunninghams are sitting down and talking to Richie, the background is the restrooms. And the restrooms, when we're in the normal background, the, the normal background is the 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 entrance and and the place the 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 the, the chef area the the kitchen uh and and the, and the restrooms are to the right so yeah and and her uh, her uh, her thing also accentuates when Richie comes home after becoming the DJ everyone's sitting at the dining room table no sign of Chuck and you see Rich like come through the living room into the dining room and the camera pans over as he sits at his place and he says grace so obviously the moment you hit season three this layout is we're in the same house as far as I know maybe there's a no, no, it's the same house. Yeah, um, but as far as I know, the moment this moves, the layout, and starts season three, the layout moves and the layout changes and such. So I love I love the, the working through the space here, just using the space. I, I, and maybe we got two episodes left, although I think one of the episodes is mostly going to be set out of Milwaukee and Chicago, so I don't know that. We're going to get much use of this space again. But that happens, Jack. That happens. So what did I what do I think of this episode? Uh, have you heard the cruising albums? I was not alive in the fifties or sixties. So I can't vouch for any of these DJs. But in the late 60s, early 70s, around the time that Kid Flash or whatever the Kid Continental, Continental Flash, you know, the, the guy from the, the previous episode, the, the band, that around the time that they started being retro to the 50s, uh, in 1969, like in the Court of the Crimson King, Abbey Road, the first Genesis album, the first Yes album. I forget what King's album came out that year. What um, did a... Was there a... Um, Let It Bleed? What? Is there Stone's album out in that year? I don't remember. I want to say Let It Bleed, but I might be off on that. But um, you, got, you got these retro bands, and you got, you got this retro band. And around this time you got the cruising albums i don't know if you guys are familiar with the cruising albums guys and gals guys and gals midnight pals i think it's an ellery queen reference i believe um the uh, the cruising albums uh, the original run was like f there was cruising 56 through like cruising 60 or something or uh, 62 or something like that and each album was meant to be a recreation of, and they actually hired DJs from that time period to recreate their pattern and what they used to do. And the cruising albums, look them up online. I think you can get them on CD now, although the CDs are different due to, um, like Chuck Berry 
say restrictions in the early ones you know they they changed some songs and they altered some songs um i somewhere around here i have all of them on cdr uh, of both versions and um i need to listen again because they're such a joy although the later you go in the 60s the more it's like okay where are the actual big bands right here because they're not on there but the second half of the 50s start of the 60s they're they're a joy as basically a dj from that time period from like buffalo from detroit from minneapolis you know from los angeles they come on and they do their bits and they're like yeah hey this is da 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 and i'm talking about this and da 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 and here's the penguins with earth angel earth angel earth angel will you be mine my darling dear love you all the time and they kind of do that they do all these songs oh god it's so good and then like right after that first batch came out they went back one year and did 55 cruising 55 is possibly my favorite because it's it's all the doo-wop kind of pre-rock stuff but it's so there's so much fun to listen to because they're sort of continuous over the two sides um dj like like you know here's a dj but but it's like 45 minutes so it's it's so good and you you guys should look them up and so sort of what like richie is emulating here is kind of um what those djs did and um in this one, there's kind of a feeling like no one likes the rock and roll, and they're just yelling a lot to drown out the rock and roll. But in the cruisins, there's a feeling that we do like it. And at WKBW Halloween show, that guy is kind of yelling over things, and he doesn't really it seems to be downselling it a bit. So I don't know. It's just it's I I I, I like. I like seeing Richie go crazy in this. My dislikes of it is... Oh, here's the thing. Originally, when I was watching... So this, to me, is kind of a variation of the previous episode. So in the previous episode, Richie has a big sort of thing that he'd like to share, but he can't. And this one, he has a big thing that he can share, and he does. And... um and everyone gives him grief for it. Like the moment he... So so there's a scene where he is sitting at a, a booth in Arnold's and he's talking with Marsha. And we do also see um, Missy Rowe. Um, oh, I blank it on the name of her character. But you know her. She's gorgeous. And they look at her and they're like, does she know she walks like that? And Rishi's like, I don't think she knows that she does anything. But it's great to see her again. It's great to see Marsha again. And Marsha dances with someone during the final scene, which is fun. And Marsha is talking with Jesse White and Richie, uh, setting up this um, remote from Arnold's, and um, and it's weird because the episode presents itself as Richie's getting full of himself, and his friends show up and ask him for stuff, and he's like, "I can't do that right now. Give me a minute." And they're like, mm, "We need to take Richie down a peg." So when Richie does his remote, no one claps, no one cheers until the Fonz announces it. But by that point, it's kind of too late. But the weird thing of it is that if you actually watch the episode, and I actually watch the episode, um, Richie is discussing with his boss and Marsha the terms for the remote, and. Potsy and Ralph are like, hey, Rich, we're going to storm some dorm room and steal a, a sheep. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I forget it. But we're going to steal something, a goat skin or something. Do you want to join us? And Richie's like, guys, I, I, yeah, Richie does have a stupid set of sunglasses on. He's like, guys, I'm in the middle of something. And like, oh, la-di-da, he can't talk to us anymore. But it's like, Come on, guys. If I was in high school and one of my classmates, uh, I'm loving the extras in the background of this episode, by the way. Watch the extras because they're not as 1950s as possibly they should be. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's sort of like if, 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 if I had a friend 
in high school or college who was like talking up something that was going to like get them a job or get them work. I was like, hey, man, we're going to do a panty raid in, in two hours. You want to join us? I'm sorry, I can't. I'm conducting a little business. I wouldn't have been like, oh, F you. You are, there's my finger. You are going down. Because the Fawn steps up and he's like, hey, Rich, I need you to dedicate uh, your next, on your next show, I need you to dedicate something to Jeanette and Samantha. And and Rich is like, I'm, I'm sorry, Fonz, I'm in the middle of something. And the Fonz is like, okay, Ralph, Potsy, we got to take him down. What? That doesn't... I, I guess, I guess what happens is that the Fonz becomes a better person through his relation to Richie. Because the Fonz, two or three seasons from now... Hello, anyone listening two or three seasons from now. Thank you for uh, continuing to listen. Uh, But the Fonz, two or three seasons, would never have done that. Would never have chastised, especially from the end of the series when Richie was gone. Would never have chastised Richie for trying to get ahead. And what his friends do is ruin his possible career as a DJ. And you're like, maybe Richie's a little eh, out of control. Maybe he's a little pretentious. Maybe he's a little pedantic. Maybe he's a bit of a jackass. But he's doing what all the DJs did at that time. And it's strange to watch this episode because the I will say the most interesting thing about this episode is watching the way DJs act and watching the use of all the walls in Arnold because I don't like the way his friends treat him in this episode. Yes, he's being a jerk on occasion. He's got something going on. He he might have something happening. I would never have denigrated a friend in high school or college for getting a break. You don't, you don't, you don't do that. I mean, that may have been Richie's thing in another world. Maybe I love the guy that looks like the Virginian who rises up in the background when we see the um, edges of the seat so clearly, more clearly than we should. Um, and it ain't James Drury, but it could be. Um, you don't you don't denigrate a friend for getting their break because we all need our break that's the way it works we only we all need our moment where what we want to do what we dreamed of doing what we want to be our life can become that and you don't denigrate that now granted a few episodes ago, Richie wanted to be a writer slash journalist, but in this one he's working for this. Um, he's working for this uh, uh, radio station. Why is he working for this radio station? I don't know. It's a sitcom in the mid seventies. That's the kind of crap that happens. I don't like that that happens. It's very out of place. It's very early uh, first season, um, but that's what happens. So we have to kind of work with what we've got and work with what we're at now, and. I don't fully like this. I don't fully like the fact that even his family kind of like lets him down on it. Yeah. So um, I think I'll, I think I'll wrap this episode up. Um, do I like this episode? Nah, it's okay. Do I like both of these episodes? Ah, eh, they're okay. You know, I, I think they're they're ill fitted to this point in the show. So I'm going to wrap it up right now. Um, I'm going to check my notes. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, everyone. I got to turn on the light. Joni bemoans the fact that it's Wednesday and they're having bean casserole because Monday they had liver and Tuesday they had cauliflower. I can't imagine they just had cauliflower. On t- there must have been something else. And she bemoans the state of her mouth. Which is funny, which is a very funny line. And what, 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 and she says something like, oh, Monday is this, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this. What could be worse? And Mr. C says, Thursday. I'd love to know what they had Thursday. Meatloaf? Probably. Um, 
let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We are... Um, the next episode is the last episode of season two. We got um, two more episodes. Uh, what is it? Fonzie gets smelled. No. Um, let me look. Here we go. So the next episode, everyone's going to be Kiss Me Sickly and Go to Chicago. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? There's a month and a half in between Richie's flip side and Kiss Me Sickly. Wow. Okay, that's, to me, that portends end of show <laughs> okay wow okay so kiss me sickly um april 29th i think 75 going to chicago may 4th 1975 that will end season two that was me closing the dvd case so um let's wrap this up folks thank you so much for listening um, I'm Dan. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but it hurts. It hurts so badly. No, it's fine. Um, this is, uh, where am I? Danny Slacks at yahoo.com. Please send me an email. You can, uh, Adventure Super Train, yahoo.com. That's where I post this. That's where we are. Addy Super Train 1, Adventure Super Train on Facebook. And thank you so much everyone for listening. This was a, this was an interesting episode because I didn't really like, love, no. I didn't love either of the episodes, but I liked them. I felt they were out of place, very out of place for the season. I, I would love to know if these were like leftover episodes that were, they were like, uh, ooh, that would be interesting, where it was like, okay, we think you guys are going to be canceled, um, so wrap it up. Like, okay, um, hmm, okay, let's look in the drawer. Oh, here's a rejected one, Fish in the Fence, let's do this. Here's a rejected one, Richie's Flipside, let's do this. I have not seen Kiss Me Sickle and Go to Chicago in about four or five years, so I don't know if those feel like this. But these two episodes felt like first season episodes. Not in a bad way, but not in a good way. So I don't know what that means, but I know what this means. Let's rock. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Ready to race to you. These days are all happy and free. Happy days. These days are all happy and free. Happy days. 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 Happy